Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to Week 7 Thursday edition of the Left Coasters Podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo with Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. And we are here to break down the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers, and then a little bit later in the show, do the weekly pick'em, where we have a new leader, Mr. D'Angelo Antonio, leading the clubhouse. I'm sure he's ready to gloat when we get to that section. But first, I want to talk about the greatness that we have right now. You guys realize that Los Angeles football is 10-2. and two. 10 and 2 so far in the season. What a difference two years, one year makes. Great time to be an Angelino. 2. Los Angeles in the Dodgers NFL. in the playoffs. Ah, it's an unbelievable time to be a fan. The Rams the Rams won a very good game against Denver, a very tight game that they did what they needed to do, and the Chargers just went into Cleveland and put their boot down and said, we are a better team than this Cleveland knockoff. The Chargers impressed me so much. Dangles, before we break down this battle for L.A., these two teams, give us a little bit of the stats of what happened last week. Well, the story of the game was Todd Gurley. Uh, He ran for 208 yards on 28 carries. He averaged 7.4 a carry, two touchdowns. His long was only 29. Coincidentally, and you guys may have seen this statistic today, his best day ever as a University of Georgia running back, 28 carries, 208 yards, two touchdowns. Same exact stat line as he posted on Sunday against the Broncos. So he was the story of the game for the Rams. Jared Goff was 14 of 28 for 201 yards. No touchdowns and one interception. He was sacked five times on Sunday. Coming into the game, he'd been sacked six times all season wow. long. Wow. So uh, not a great day for the Rams' offensive line. That's something that's definitely going to uh, uh, need to be shorn up. And and really, Jared Goff has been struggling passing the ball a little bit statistically lately. Since his five-touchdown performance two weeks ago on Thursday night, he has 522 passing yards for just one touchdown and three picks over his last two games. But it's all been girly, girly. But- has led them and they needed every one of those 208 yards from him he was unstoppable in that game uh-huh. it, it's so good to give a guy to a bell cow and just know that he's going to be successful by the way rams 6-0 for the first time since 2001 sean oh. mcveigh is now 7-0 against afc opponents since taking the reins as the rams head coach last year wow. this year the uh, rams are 3-0 against the afc all three wins coming against the west division they've beaten the broncos the raiders and the chargers and they are just so happened to be set up for the Monday night matchup against the Chiefs come week 11 on Monday night football 11 Clear your calendars. Clear your calendars. That's going to be a good one. On a good note for Jared Goff, he's won his first six starts of the season, all under age 25. Only Dan Marino in 1984 and Dante Culpepper in 2000 have done that in the Super Bowl era. Now, both Marino and Culpepper went on to lose in the conference championships the years they did it, and neither of them ever won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't know how you want to it's apply still, that to Jared Goff, still but damn uh, good company it's still a pretty, pretty impressive uh, uh, run for the the Rams. Meanwhile,
Meanwhile, the Chargers uh, absolutely laid it on the Browns. 38-14 to was the final. Phillip Rivers was 11-20 of 20 for 207 yards. Two touchdowns in a pick, and the offensive line deserves a cap tip. They only allowed him to get sacked once all game long against a front four that is pretty formidable there in the uh, uh, Cleveland defense. Uh, and it was Melvin Gordon all day for the Chargers on the ground. 18 carries for 132 yards. He gets three touchdowns for the second time this season. Mm. Uh, and also an impressive day for Tyrell Williams, who had one of the most impressive catches I think you'll see all season long in triple coverage. I saw a great stat today uh, on NFL Next Gen Stats. He's now caught five out of his five tight window targets for 144 yards and two touchdowns this season. He's the only player with 100% catch rates on tight window targets. That's less than one yard of separation between him and the defensive back on at least five targets this season. Unbelievable. I will say that uh, Terrell, Tyrell Williams play where he scored on the triple coverage in the end zone. Uh, they had called the same exact play the play before, and Tyrell Williams caught a long ball for over 30 yards, and Ken Wisenhunt calls the same exact play, like you play in Madden, just press AA again. You're calling the same exact play into the huddle. Phil Rivers turns and goes, wait, again? And Ken Wisenhunt's like, yeah, do it, do it. Touchdown. Doesn't matter. And we should also note that uh, you can break open the uh, the beer fridges in Los Angeles because for the first time since Anthony Lynn took over as head coach of the Chargers, they scored on their first drive. You're right. You're Congratulations. Right. Good job, Congratulations guys. for the Chargers. So good week on both sides of the Los Angeles football. Absolutely. And before we get to what they're playing this week, I wanted to bring out two things because I, I heard a stat over this weekend that amazed me and it just made me so happy to be a Los Angelino loving the football scene here. Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. Brag guy, uh, what does Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon have in common right now based on the rest of the NFL? In terms of total touchdowns, they are the NFL leaders, respectively one and two. Yep, Todd Gurley has 11 touchdowns on the year, nine rushing and two receiving. Melvin Gordon not far behind, nine touchdowns on the year total, six rushing, three receiving. These two guys... I, we, we talk about the passing offense of both. We talk about Phil Rivers. We talk about Sean McVay. But these two cats are the reason that these two teams are as good as they are. They are trustworthy, both in their fourth year of the league, and they are both bell cow running backs, essential to their teams. It's amazing what these two guys can do. And I think we want to talk about them a little bit and how awesome they are. They are. They are awesome. I mean, well, and, and let's start with Todd Gurley, like you mentioned, leading the league uh, in total touchdowns with 11 through six weeks. He's also first in carries with 129, uh, first in total yards with 623, first in yards, total yards from scrimmage. And he's on pace right now for 2,320 yards and 29 total touchdowns, which would break Ladanian oh Tomlinson's record of 28 that he set back in 2006. Gurley now has a touchdown in nine straight regular season games 18 total touchdowns in that stretch thank you to field yates for that stat mm. uh and uh, uh Gurley now has 11 total touchdowns this season as we mentioned that's the most through six games since sean alexander had 12 for seattle in 2005 mm. that year of course he won the mvp and led the seahawks to a super bowl where they came up short against the steelers but Lo- uh, that was still a, a banner year like a you know for obviously oh, yeah. for sean alexander so just to draw to draw some comparisons between the two and how how dominant todd Gurley has been uh and even this past Sunday he he faced eight 
plus defenders in the box of just three out of his 28 carries. He's faced eight plus defenders in the box on 10.1% of carries this season. That's the lowest rate among 29 running backs with 60 carries. I mean, that's a big help. That's why that McVay offense is so important because it allows Gurley to get the space to run. Gurley in his fourth year was drafted 10th overall after Georgia in 2015, proceeded to win AP Offensive Rookie of the Year that year. He's made the Pro Bowl twice. He was all pro last year. And for his career, He's only 80 yards away from having 4,000 rushing yards for his career halfway through his fourth year overall. He has 38 rushing touchdowns, eight receiving touchdowns in his career. His career his career carry average is a 4.3 yards per carry. I understand wow. Jamal Charles, you bring up his yards per carry, it's huge, but Todd Gurley gets the ball a hell of a lot more than Jamal Charles did and still has a 4.3 yards per carry. His yards per catch as a running back is 10.4 in a career. 10.4 yards per catch for a running back. I'd be interested to know how many of those came after contact, after, after yeah. the first contact. Probably a lot of them. He's so hard to tackle in space. And you, you see the, you see Sean, Sean McVay knows that. That's why they get him to the outside so often because as soon as he breaks that corner, you're, it's pretty much over. You saw it a couple of times on Sunday. And at just 24 years old to be having these kind of stats, again, almost 4,000 rushing yards, over 1,500 receiving yards for a career. This year he's going crazy. Leads the league in rushing, 623 yards off the ground, 240 seven more for receiving an amazing amazing talent i've said this before i really believe that todd Gurley, with the addition uh over the last couple of years with uh jared goff the the wide receivers they have in this offense and obviously sean mcveigh they're setting themselves up to be what the dallas cowboys were for the 90s i think he's going to have an emmett smith type career where it's just he's so good he's working in such an offense that works to his strengths and you know what's fascinating is he's probably not going to play a lot of fourth quarters you know in his career because he's going to be doing so well and 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 the, and the team's going to be so far ahead he's going to have a long career because it, it, remember early in his career he had some injury bouts because they mm-hmm. were using him they were so worried much. about him they were worried about him yeah. so using him in the passing game and not getting a clean hit but having having all these pieces around him this guy is not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, yeah the only reason he fell to 10th in that 2015 draft was because of knee injuries in georgia but let's talk about the guy who doesn't get any respect compared to the running backs in los angeles and that's melvin gordon also drafted quiet in, also drafted in 2015, the 15th overall out of Wisconsin, also, also in his fourth year. Only one Pro Bowl on the record. He is 25 years old right now. Also has amassed 3,200 rushing yards so far in his career. Almost 1,400 receiving yards in his career. 24 rushing touchdowns, 9 receiving. This year he's going crazy as well. He's third in the league in rushing. 436, 466 total yards, 6 touchdowns rushing, 3 receiving. I want to say this, though. The man that has changed, he is a bell cow running back, and he's doing so, so well on probably a worse offense than the Chargers. But the man, the reason why he's so trustworthy is that rookie year he had 6 fumbles. Six fumbles that rookie year. It became sort of a clout and thing. No He's in touchdowns. trouble. Six fumbles his rookie year. He's had four fumbles since 2015. Four fumbles since 2015. So he didn't like that number his rookie year. He back. went in the offseason and he worked on ball security. Yeah, and he's, and he's the reason this Chargers team runs so efficiently. They ran sweep after sweep against these Cleveland Browns and just beat the crap out of them on the ground. This isn't the first time it's been like, Melvin, here you go. Here's the ball 30 times. Go win us a game. And he can do it. He can do it. He might not be as flashy or as sexy as Todd Gurley, but I'd be so happy if Melvin Gordon was on my team. 
Oh, absolutely. I don't think you can because he he is I, I don't even want to call him Todd Gurley light, but I mean he is the same sort of guy. He can beat you on the ground, he can beat you in the passing game. Uh, they don't use Melvin Gordon quite as much in the passing game as the Rams offense uses Todd Gurley. Uh, he's just a little bit more dynamic, I think, in that sense. But I mean, this is you know, it's why it's why these two guys go so high in fantasy drafts. It's why, you know, just week after week after week, like we like we said earlier, this was the second game this year where Melvin Gordon has had a hat trick uh in touchdowns. Gordon has thirty three total touchdowns by the way since 2016 which mm. is second in the NFL you want to take a stab at the guy who's who he's trailing Todd Todd Gurley yeah 36 yeah. it's crazy that these LA football teams again were we're yearning for them to be good and we are backed by two of could be two quickly. of the best running backs in the league quickly you know you got Ezekiel Elliott you got Le'Veon Bell you have to throw Gordon in this conversation you have to the stats back it up I think what's interesting though for for Melvin Gordon I think he uh he's got a little bit more of an uphill climb than I think Todd Gurley does I mean we see the physical differences but when you look at the teams that the that the Los Angeles Chargers have played and he's done well against KC no defense Buffalo San Francisco Oakland Cleveland he did not have a great day against the LA Rams mm-hmm. uh so there there are going to be comparisons and I'm you know I'm so ecstatic we've got we've got what looks to be Hall of Fame caliber players yes. in, in Los Angeles I'm excited to see what he can do consistently against better defenses over time and I think they will only get better as the offensive line for the Los Angeles Chargers over the next yes. two or three years gets better yeah. under 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 whoever is the head coach or the offensive coordinator they can only go up from there Forrest yeah. Lamp did make a his first NFL start this past Sunday against the Browns. Oh, first, round, first round pick from uh, last season. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I know that's been a long awaited. But I mean, and I was just going to mention. I don't, I, you know, really quickly. You know, you know, it's not sexy to talk about offensive lines, but you can't talk about a running back being successful Correct. without talking a of little course. bit about the blocking in front of him. Of course. Um, and I, I mean, I think you, you know, I think the Rams' offensive line is a little bit better than 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 the Chargers, but they've got some big guy Russell Okung, Forrest Lamp, Joe Barksdale is on that line for the for the Chargers. They've got some guys who can who can move fellas out of the way it's nice to have two guys that you trust though like I mean we talk about Green Bay New England looks like they found a guy in Sony Michelle they can trust but a team only goes so far and in December and January you have to be able to rush the football and the two LA teams who hopefully can be in the playoffs in January have two guys and they can catch the yeah, ball they're they're dual threats. catch the ball well, you cannot ridiculous. have a running back without being able to catch catch the ball Kareem Hunt the guy who's kind of behind everybody in these two categories the same the same ball yeah. he can catch yeah. the ball he can run the ball so that's Los Angeles football 10 and 2 on the season backed by the number 1 and number 3 rushing yards getters in the NFL the top 2 touchdown getters in the NFL Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon Dangles what do we have on the slate for these two running backs and these two franchises coming up this week? Because I do believe it's time to make some picks. Let's start with the Chargers since they are heading across the pond. They will be playing in London next week against aye, the aye, Tennessee aye. Titans. They're sticking around in Cleveland for the next few days. They're not even going to come back to Los Angeles before Smart. they go to London. Huh. They're just going to hop on the plane from Cleveland and uh, head right into Heathrow. That's a long trip. Yes, That's a long yes trip. it is. Long time to be away from home. Tennessee coming off of just a crappy, crappy game against Baltimore. Tennessee got their dick kicked in. And Baltimore sacked Tennessee a lot. Hopefully the 11 Chargers times. can do the same. I, 11, 11 times. times. I think we finally 11 sacks in that game. I think we finally saw what the Tennessee Titans are made of. Yeah. I think we, we were I think all. They, I think the Tennessee Titans might stink, guys. We we all we were all waiting for that food that shoe to drop because for a long time they were sitting atop of this division. We yeah. were, I I think the Tennessee Titans are gonna about to take their nosedive. Yeah. Because as as we've seen with really good coaching, usually that first was a Bill Belichick you know model. The first. 
third of the season is is for prepping. Yeah. You know, getting yourself ready. The Tennessee Titans are running out of gas. Now, does London affect this game at all? Oh, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. There are some teams that just play better uh, yeah. in these situations. It's it's about preparation. Anthony Lynn. That's an X I know, factor. I know, and 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 we we know Vrabel kind of coaches above his pedigree a little bit. So I I I would be a little worried if I'm the if I'm the Chargers, especially after well they how well they did against the Cleveland uh, Browns. I still feel like the Chargers have an advantage though in terms of skill and in terms of what they have in their receivers. The Tennessee Titans are are a good defense, but they are very exploitable. Yeah. Very exploitable. Yeah, yeah, we saw that on Sunday. Michael Crabtree absolutely ate uh, uh Malcolm Butler's lunch Destroyed all day long. It was him. real I'm I'm not upset that we shipped him off. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Dangles, the one thing the Chargers need to do to win this game and will they win this game? Uh the one thing the Chargers need to do to win this game is I think just take a, a page out of the Ravens playbook get some pressure on Marcus Mariota you saw the way they shut him down and he there were question marks about him for this from the start this yeah. season about whether he was going to be able to perform nothing has come together for that Titans offense unfortunately the thunder and lightning Derrick Henry Deion Lewis approach that not a lot existent. of people thought uh, was going to be successful is not existent at all they haven't really been able to get anything going in the receiving game I, I think the Chargers are going to need to get some and they did this this past week they got a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield sacked him several times and it really helped them you know maintain the pace of the game keep Baker Mayfield you know sort of on his heels never really comfortable in the pocket I think if they can do that again next week with Marcus Mariota uh, this is already an offense that can be shown to be anemic Uh, and if the Chargers come out fast and get a couple of quick touchdowns I think this game could be over before halftime yeah and you think the Chargers are going to win I do yeah I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this one even though you know they're 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 going a little bit more of a time difference coming from well but you know what like like I said they've been in in I think the same time zone as uh, the Titans have the last couple of days so i don't know how, how much london really plays into it i'm gonna pick the chargers to win though. I, uh, london scares me Lon- if this game was anywhere else i'm picking the chargers in a heartbeat i'm still gonna pick the chargers but i'm a little bit wary because of london and you never know how it's gonna affect certain players and certain teams and i don't have faith in anthony lynn to get the crew together but i think the chargers win because they are better than these fringe playoff teams out there they beat up Cleveland, who's a fringe playoff team. Tennessee looks to be a fringe playoff team. The Chargers are better. The Chargers are going to make the playoffs, and they only do so by beating those other fringe contenders. They beat Tennessee. Brian? I, I would really like the the Chargers to, A, pin their be- ears back and get after Marcus Mariota, but I would also like them to hold back on, on penalties. If they can become a consistent contender and a playoff contender in the AFC like we know they can, they have got to, got to cut back on penalties from killing themselves. A good team will always, always find a way to win and and not hurt themselves. I want them to take that leap moving forward and start progressing through this year and beating these fringe teams by being clean and playing clean because they're the better team on paper and on the field. I'm picking the Chargers. Picking the Chargers. We're all going with the Chargers. What do the Rams have? Next week, the Los Angeles Rams head north to take on the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara. Hey, C.J. Beathard can play. This this uh Marquis Goodwin can play, Matt Brieta can play. This this San Fran team is not giving up. Kyle Shanahan will not allow them to. I think they, they you know, they're not a uh they're no longer a pushover. You know, we thought once Jimmy G went down, this team might not win another game, but I think San Fran can sneak some games. I don't think it's gonna be against the Rams. There's no team hotter than the Rams right now. They're the only undefeated team left, and I think it continues. I'm picking the Rams to win this game. Uh divisional game, it'll be closer than people think, but the Rams win this game. I agree. I think the Rams are a much better team uh, than the San Francisco 49ers. I just really think that because the San Francisco 49ers are really well coached, yeah. 
Sean McVay's got it. Really well coached. That's a good point. They're a really well coached team. They don't make stupid mistakes. They run good plays. The defense is solid. I mean, not solid, but they 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 there's no like blown coverages. And I caught myself on a handful of times not knowing the receiver who caught the ball for the San Francisco 49ers or that or that well that well uh, 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 thrown ball to to the the guy that was pulled off of waivers two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> That that's that's a sign of great coaching, yeah. and I think uh, like the like the Packers might have found themselves in this week, uh, the recipients of good, good you know unlucky uh, play by the San Francisco 49ers that that fumble by Juicerik, uh, yeah. that yeah, was Juicerik, whatever, whatever his name is, yeah, whatever his name is, that was those are the kind of things that you'd have to be you know mindful of as a Rams that you want to create those kind of turnovers for yourself. I will say the Rams, if this wasn't a divisional opponent, this might be a game that be a trap game, but because they're in division, because they know each other so well the Rams are going to be amped up to go play and win this game I think I think the key for them to winning this is going to be to uh, uh, limit the amount of damage that the uh, Niners are able to do on the ground Matt Breda surprisingly still good. still leading the league in yard he's averaging almost seven yards a carry wow. now he's an injury he's he's an injury prone guy so he's pretty much week to week almost every single week but we know that the Rams rushing defense has been porous and it's not been consistencies either let's let's go through all the weeks week one 95 yards allowed week two 50 54. Week 3, 141. Week 4, 54. Week 5, 190. Week 6, 60. Wow. It's just up and down all year long. They were much better keeping Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay contained on Sunday. Uh, but this is a San Francisco team that can run all over you. Alfred Morris is capable. And as I said, Matt Breda is averaging almost seven yards a carry. And you saw that they can stretch the field with Marquise Goodwin. Uh, uh, and and he and Beathard seem to have a, a good uh, a good connection. And George Kittle, hell of a tight end, uh, uh, really having a season as well. I still think the Rams win this. I think that the Rams are a more complete team than the Green Bay Packers are, just top to bottom. And yeah, I, no I don't, th- I just don't see the the Niners running with them for four quarters. But then again, the Rams have you know been in two really close games recently, and they've shown that uh, you know if you can play with them for four quarters, it might be closer than you think. Come the fourth, I'd also like to. Uh, Piggyback on that, I I want to make sure that the Rams also are able to keep the running backs contained in the receiving game, because that's another thing that the Rams have found themselves to be to be susceptible to. Yeah, and that is a Denver good, Denver didn't try to exploit that as much as I thought they would. They I would exploit if I were the if I were playing the Rams, I would I would let my running backs coach know, get my guys on the jugs because they're going to be catching a lot of balls. Because yeah. Melvin Gordon had a day uh, on, on the on the Rams when when and, they played him, and Brietta can do that in the past, and he's game. a great receiving uh, running back. So that's the one guy I want to contain. Gotcha. Well, we all taking the Rams. We're all taking the charges. And that is it for our battle for LA section. After the break, we're going to the week seven pick them with a new leader. Let's do it. Left Coasters. And we are back with the week seven pick them. The week seven pick them spoken by yours truly, the former leader for the season it has now fallen to second place. I had another bad week. No, 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 I'm not going to say that. I had a week where I went 8 and 7. Not as good. It wasn't a good week. Why are we leading with your shitty week? We're burying the lead here. <laughs> I had a fucking amazing week. You, will you just let me get to you? I went 8 Bury and 7 lead, and I ju- I just want to say that if you're betting with me, I have yet to have a losing week. But 8 and 7 was my week. It was third place. Brian went second, went 10 and 5. 10 and 5 my friend in Dangles. Dangles went 12 and 3, the best record thus far in the week 7 pick 'em. Congratulations, Diggity Dangles. Thank you. With your season 
Uh, week uh, uh, deserves six a point. I, I gotta, I gotta really uh, doff my cap to the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I'm just now realizing that it is all AFC East divisional opponents, pretty much, with the exception of the Bills that gave this to me this yeah, week. Pretty much, uh, uh, and the two teams I probably hate the most in yep. the AFC East. So, uh, uh, good on you, New York and Miami. Uh, to put a button on our guest host TJ, our senior NBA correspondent, proves that he's sticking with the NBA by going eight and seven. Is now in third place of three of the guest hosts to do a pick him so far. Get him next time, Tej. We are now for the season. Dangles, again, you are leading at 53-38. and 38. You've overtaken wow. the lead. 53-38 in the season. Myself, 52-39, and 39, one game behind you. And Brian, back above 500, still in this race at 47-44, and 44, only Damn. six games off the leader. You're still, it's a long season. I got to make ground, though. Got to make ground. Uh, we, again, everyone took a charger. Everyone took a ram. So for the L.A. section, we're all on L.A. Let's move on. To the week seven pick 'em. Brian, start us off by saying who is not playing, who's on the bye. So, the bye week this week, we have the Green Bay Packers, the Oakland Raiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Green Bay, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Seattle. That is correct. Br- Dangles, really quick. Mary fuck kill the four bye week teams. Green Bay, Oakland, Ooh. Pittsburgh, Ooh. Seattle. I like Ooh, uh, I am marrying the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I'm I think fucking I agree with the you. Green Bay Packers, and I'm killing the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, nice. I think I agree That's with it. everyone. That's I think it. I agree with everyone. Good job, Dangles. Good job on you. Wow. Uh, let's move on. All also, of them. I don't. I don't think there's many teams we would have thrown in there that we would have fucked Green Bay over. Green Bay is not looking good. And that's coming from Packers. No, fans. no, but I mean, I think that's just the, the amount of stock and yeah. and human capital that Aaron Rodgers carries. Yeah, and good on Pittsburgh for sort of shaping themselves up before the bye. Better They've than half the league. Wins. Let's let's preface oh, it with that. I don't okay, know about that. Let's move on to Thursday night. All right, Thursday night we have the Denver Broncos at the Arizona Cardinals. Yikes. I don't know what's going to happen in Tony, this Tony, Tony, I hate to break this to you. The Broncos stink. They do not stink. The Broncos stink. They do not stink. They are an unlucky on, on Sunday, on Sunday, the Broncos became the first team in NFL history to allow a 200-plus yard rusher in consecutive games in the same season. The Broncos stink. It's not good. The Broncos are <laughs> terrible. It's definitely Case not good. Case Keenum, they were chanting for whoever the fuck the backup's <laughs> name is, and, and they wanted and He came out and took, like, one snap, and the cheers were, like, deafening when they finally benched Keenum. I'm sorry, Tony. Look, we all have our bad pick. All right, I, Brian thought the Jaguars were going to make the Super Bowl. I thought the Falcons were going to make the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure it's safe to say neither of those things is uh. happening at this point. The Broncos stink, Tony. I don't think the Broncos stink. I just don't think they're a playoff team anymore, but they're still a frisky team. Great they're defense. better than a 2-4 and four that they have. They did. They played. The, that was the toughest opponent that the Rams have had so far. That was the closest game the Rams have had so far, and that's because of the Broncos' defense. That will keep them in games. I think, though, Arizona and Josh Rosen can ball. Josh Rosen can ball. He's got a real connection with that rookie kid, Christian Kirk. They they look good together. And if you're bad against the run, you do not want to be playing an angry and hungry David Johnson who has yet to really start this season. He has yet to have one of those games and being like, oh, yeah, that's David Johnson. I think he has a game here. I think David Johnson in Arizona, they are my upset pick again on a Thursday. I don't think I've gotten a Thursday game right so far. I am going against my gut and going with Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals to win at Home. Book it. Go ahead, Dangles. What do you got? Ooh, you're passing it off. Okay. I am. Uh, I am gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Broncos to win here. Uh, I think they rebound after last week and against the Rams, and they go on the road. It's not like it's gonna be a hard road trip for them. They're playing inside. Uh, I think they have a decent game, and I think that pass rush is gonna make Josh Rosen's life hell. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have a hard time passing up on the Denver Broncos here, mainly because 
The Arizona Cardinals are statistically last in every, in every category, <laughs> exception of defense, where they're 24th. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't think they have it in them this game. I, I think Josh Rosen's bound to get a W for this Arizona Cardinals team. We talked about this last week. If you had the top three, if you had to pick your top three bottom feeders for the next year's draft, Arizona's in that conversation for yeah. the bottom three, but they, they could find themselves out of that uh, and, and find themselves in the fourth or fifth pick. So uh, Broncos and then Cardinals for Tony. Yeah, I'm taking Arizona. All right. Next we have Denver, the, you've made me mad. Hey. <laughs> they stick. Uh, Sunday, the start of the games. Mind you, we have the uh, London game. The get to wake London up with football. Yeah, if you're early, a, not if you're Monday a Chargers game. fan, set your alarm. 6.30 is kickoff. Uh, coffee and football. On the West Coast, Coffee anyway. and football. I can't wait. Afterwards, we have the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a puke game. The Jaguars need to yeah, win this Yeah, they're going to rebound. I think they rebound to win they this one. I'm picking Jacksonville. This, this is at home. This is this is at uh, a TIA Bank Field. I almost called it Everbank. Uh, 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 and I think they that win. This, this defense has to has to rebound. The, they have to come back. Uh, they I will. I, I mean, I, the running game is, is putrid right now. The passing game is putrid right now. To lose to the Cowboys the way they did was just embarrassing. That team, was, I know they were mad on that flight back to Jacksonville. But the inner turmoil in this Jacksonville Jacksonville locker room doesn't threaten you at all. The Jalen Ramsey versus Calais Campbell stuff that's coming out in the media doesn't worry you at all about this team. Oh, it definitely this team doesn't worry. worry it doesn't you. look like it's falling apart in the inside. We're talk- I, I don't we- know if one disagreement like makes a falling apart in the locker room just yet. I, I, I think if the team were like in more, if they were in more trouble as far as the overall season goes, I might be a little bit more worried. They can still they can still salvage this. Um, but, but they can't run the ball without Leonard Fournette, and then you put it all on Blake Bortles to win, and Blake Bortles is just not good. I'm sorry, Brian, yeah. Blake Bortles no, is just I, not good. I never made the argument he was and, good. And if the defense is going to let up all these points, I, I'm, I'm saying all this because, again, I'm picking another upset. I'm picking the Houston Texans, which might be the dumbest team in football. I got so angry at Houston the past two weeks for their stupidity and decision-making on the field. Bill O'Brien making dumb decisions over and over again, yet I'm picking the Houston Texans because I think they have Mojo versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, which seem to have lost it. I think there's a definite mojo factor, but the problem with with going into Jacksonville and trying to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars is that yes, Blake Bortles blows, but Blake Bortles, you know, manages to play well sometimes at home and plays well when things are least likely to go his way. That's just Blake Bortles' mo. But I think the biggest concern for me is not the locker room stuff. The biggest concern for me is Leonard Fournette. Yeah. This team is obviously not the same team without one player. Yeah. That's a really bad sign uh, for, for things coming because Leonard Fournette has never made it through a full season yeah. as, as a runner in his life. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the Jacksonville Jaguars on this. I think Yeldon's doing a fine job of, 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 of stepping up but but Blake Bortles has just got to play better ball it's just that simple he was awful awful Houston's defense can play. Awful. I don't think he's going to be any better, but Bron- uh, Dangles, you're taking Jacksonville? Yeah, I think the Jaguars win this one. Like I said, it's at home, and I, the defense has got to rebound. That pass rush is still as good as any in the NFL, and I think if they can get in and make Deshaun Watson improvise a little bit, we've seen that he's not seemingly as good this year as he's he was. Not seemingly as healthy <laughs> At doing it uh, last year, So, and he's going to be looking, staring down uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He can seem to find anybody else uh, uh, this past week. Yeah, if, I, like Jag- I like Jacksonville. If I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm thinking next year we get ourselves a new passer. That's... That's, oh, yeah, of course. That's, that's got to be on I'm the top a, of the list. I am, I am alone on the first two picks, so it's either going to be another bad week or another good week. We'll see. What's next? Next, we've got the Carolina Panthers at the Philadelphia Eagles. So this game is frisky. I don't like this at all. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to pick either. Not even Eagles are at home. Carolina, you are just. That was just a puke. 
of a Sunday for you guys to give up three turnovers so early and never be able to come back and beat a Washington team that you were clearly better than. Washington, kudos on you. You won the game. I'll talk about Washington later. But Carolina, you that was terrible. Christian McCaffrey didn't it didn't look like Christian McCaffrey showed up. They couldn't do anything. Cam's missing people left and right. They're rookie wide receivers putting the ball on the ground every time he gets touched by a feather. It's rough to be a Carolina Panthers fan right now. And going at Philly, who's had an extra couple of days of rest after shellacking the New York Giants. This is a tough one. I think uh, I'm going with the better quarterback, and I'm going with Philadelphia and, and, the, and the Eagles. As, as am I. Uh, I'm going to pick Carolina then, I think. Yeah, uh, I'll, pick, I'll, pick, I'll pick the Panthers here. I, I, I think it's very likely that the Eagles do come in and win at home. Uh, but they, they yeah, they put a shellacking on, on the New York Giants. But we did see how one player could tear that defense apart, and Saquon Barkley definitely did that. I'm not saying that Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is Saquon Barkley by any stretch, but uh, you can't really game plan for six foot five, 250-pound Cam Newton and what they're going to do with him on the offense mm-hmm. and the ways that you can use McCaffrey to, to hurt people is big, and that defense is 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 solid. They're 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 solid. They didn't show it last week against against Washington, but I, I like Carolina here. I I think this is where we see Carson Wentz start to become the Carson Wentz that yeah. we knew him to be I last agree. week. I think last this this coming out game against New York Giants was a was a obvious win. This is where they look they, uh, look for based on what Washington did against Carolina. Look for Zach Ertz to have a big day over the middle. Oh, and he has big numbers every week. Uh, next we have the Minnesota Vikings at the. New York Jets. Yo, if Sam could steal one. Nah, give that me, would give, be me if give me give me give me Minnesota one. here. Give me Minnesota here. I think they're I think they, they need they need a, a statement win I to can't. remind everybody that they are a very good football team. Their defense has been lackluster this year. Kirk Cousins has been throwing a lot of interceptions uh and has not been playing to the level of his eighty four million dollars guaranteed contract. I could have told you that, that was gonna feel happen. so good. So uh if you're an NFC North fan, yeah, you're probably happy to see this. Uh unless you're a Vikings fan, uh in which case you're probably not. But I like I I like the Vikings here. They need. I think they're going to get a big, a couple touchdown win here. In, in I agree New York. with you. I'm picking Minnesota. I'm picking Minnesota too. But the thing that concerns me about it is, again, the Minnesota Vikings let Arizona just put 17 up on the board. Yeah, really that, easily. That's not. That, that can't make you feel good. It makes me feel good as a Lions fan. I hopefully we can we can we haven't yet to play them, but uh, something to look forward to. Uh, next we have the New England Patriots at the Chicago Bears. Yo, going to Chicago is not easy to do, but I will say there is no chance I'm picking Mitch Trubisky to beat New England. I don't care how bad New England's defense is. New England's on a roll. They figured it out. New England wins this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly. I think the the, the defense is going to be tough. I think they're going to have to to plan for Khalil Mack. They're going to have yeah. to to load up some extra protection on the, his side of the the defensive line, uh, but Tom Brady's seen tougher defenses than the Chicago Bears D, and I think he'll be able to do his normal surgeon thing and pick them apart. I was really really impressed with the amount that Josh Gordon was just involved, even though he wasn't making a ton of catches. He was getting targets. He was stretching the field out and opening things up for Gronkowski and for Edelman and for others in that wide receiving core. And uh, just like I said uh, uh, in our in our show last week. It was the running game. Yes, Tom Brady. Tom Brady only threw for one touchdown. He ran for another very important one, but he only threw for one. It was Sony Michelle on the ground and James White picking up that extra slack that I think pushed them ultimately over the edge, notwithstanding the final drive, of course. Yep. Without that running game, the Patriots do not win that game. So as I said, the running game was important then. It's going to be important here. And I think the Patriots win. Uh, I'm going to pick New England here, too, only because I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to keep up with this team. No chance. Uh, it's going to be really hard for them. Uh, next, we've got the Buffalo Bills at the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Uh, currently speaking, Josh Allen will be out about a month. Wow. 
Well, that stinks. Well, again, I'm not picking Nathan Peterman. I'm going with Indy and Andrew Luck and yep. the Colts. They're, also, uh, to bring up a Tuesday show, we didn't talk about this because it was during the Gravestones. I didn't want to hash on it. I don't think Indy's dead and only the fact that that division stinks. Everybody's 3-3 three and three right now. Indy has an easy schedule. They could string some wins together and just be in the mix. That's I don't accurate. think they're dead yet, but That's I think accurate. they win this game. Yeah, if 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 Josh Allen were quarterbacking, I could maybe see this being one that the Bills could could fluke out somehow, but not with Nathan Picks Peterman no. uh, under center. I'm definitely picking the Colts. I'll be picking the Colts as well. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another stinker. This is this is tough. This is two teams that if it was week three, they'd be like, oh man, put this in prime time. These two teams are ready to play. Now it's like, well, we've seen we've seen both sides of the coin on these two teams. Uh, Jameis played well. I will say that Jameis did play well. He was well, going up. He against, has O.J. Howard to thank for that. Yeah, but he's going up against uh, Atlanta's defense with a lot of guys off the street playing in uh, Falcons uniforms for them. But uh, Jameis did make throws. Mike Evans, Deshaun Watson. They had a play right at the end. It was a was rug- it was a rugby style play, Very a perfectly close. designed play that just didn't work out. I think I'm going with uh, with Baker here. I think I'm going. Does with he start? Cleveland. He was a little hobbled at the end of that game against the Chargers this past week. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if as of the recording of this podcast whether Coach Jackson has come out and said whether he's going to uh, start Baker Mayfield or not. Tyrod Taylor, of course, would be next in line to take snaps for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I kind of like the Browns here too. I feel like they're I feel like they're the frisky pick here. Uh, the Buccaneers have way better pass catchers, and they've been finally starting to show some life on the ground. They've been giving the ball to Ronald Jones, and he seems to be having a a little bit more success. Although Peyton Barber did have like 84 yards, I think, on yeah. Sunday, so kind of coming out a little bit for him. That said, the Buccaneers' defense stinks, uh, and I think Awful. the Browns. I think That's the Browns the can take adva- and I think the Browns can take advantage of that because their offense is is decent, and Carlos I, I, Hyde can run the ball. I will say, uh, if there's any bets I'm making. The over in this game couldn't be high enough. I think both these defenses give up big plays. But, yeah, I'm going with Cleveland. Dangle's going with Cleveland. Brian? I'm going to pick Tampa. I, I think Tampa's offense now with uh, Jameis Winston and his relationship with Deshaun Jackson. We've we're, DJ's back. No, for sure. He's back. He was hurt for a little bit, and he wasn't playing up to snuff uh, uh, one or two weeks there. Uh, but he's back, and I think, that, I think you're about to see why that they are – a, a match made in heaven for each other. One of these shows, one of these shows coming up, maybe in mid-November before we get to playoff time, we got to go over some of these guys who have been in the league in a, for a long time and decide whether they're Hall of Famers or not. Because we were talking about Frank Gore when the three of us were watching football over the weekend. Frank Gore is fourth all-time in rushing. He's is a he Famer. a Hall of Famer to you? Deshaun Jackson is the same. Deshaun Jackson's stats are ridiculous for the for the lifelong stats of Deshaun Jackson. He's put up quite a career for himself. We'll not talk a about, Hall of Famer. Well, no, we'll talk about Hall of, Hall of Fame classes when we get there. It's also worth pointing out, uh, Mike Smith, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got fired this week. <laughs> so it was a long time coming. I, and there's there's like a serious stat about when coordinators get fired, how well the de- the, the team plays after. A I coordinator's bet it's not fired. well. It's no, it's actually higher than one would think. It's not it's not above fifty percent by any stretch of the imagination. But it is it is higher than one would think because everybody's worried about their job. Well, I always go with the as soon as the coach gets fired, I'm picking that team to win the next week. That is my guarantee. I don't know if it ever works, but for some reason, Tony always bets. You it, missed so. on it. You no, missed on yeah, it. Still going with Cleveland. All right, Tampa Bay all the way. Uh, next, we have my Detroit Lions at the Miami Dolphins with a big win in Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, wow. absolutely. Wow, Oktoberfest. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill status. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill status also up in the air. And Matt Stafford versus Brock Osweiler. That's a game. I don't know if I'm 
I'm ready to watch. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Detroit because they're coming off a bye, and I believe in them. I think they're going to make this interesting. I don't. Again, I do not think the Detroit Lions are going to be a playoff team this year, but I do believe that the Detroit Lions have a really good chance of, again, making the NFC North as interesting as possible mm-hmm. down the stretch here. Uh, give me Detroit. I'm going to go with the team that's undefeated at home so far this season, the team that just seems to find ways to win games because they have speedy players at almost every position, and uh, they have a good coach. I think they do have a good coach. I think they're a well-coached team. Even with Brock or Tannehill, I think they're slightly better than this badly coached Lions team going with Miami. Well, that good coach uh, started to unravel a little bit in his post-game press conference, getting asked questions about Ryan Tannehill. He got a little, snappy. Bit, got a little bit testy with the Miami media there. Uh, the Miami Dolphins always play really tough at home. Uh, I, I think I'm going to pick the Dolphins just because, yeah, they do <laughs> seem to be they do seem to be finding ways to win. Hey, I picked them last week, and they helped me to a 12-3 and record. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to – this, this pick them is a very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sort of game, and lately the Miami Dolphins have been helping me win. So uh, I, I'm I'm comfortable picking them against the Detroit Lions team whose defense is exploitable. Yeah, it's a good matchup uh, nonetheless. Next we have the New Orleans Saints at the Baltimore Ravens. Good defense, good offense. You know, this is, yeah, this is not just a gimme because I think you look at this and you go, New Orleans, like, of course, Drew Brees is going to tear them up. But after game. an 11-sack performance by the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and this game is at M&T Bank Stadium in Correct. Baltimore, so, and they always, they always play tough in front and- of that home crowd. New Orleans defense has not looked good at all this no, season. No, it's been one of the it worst. Hasn't. The the question is going to be which version of the Ravens offense do we see? Yeah. You know, because if they if they come out if they come out like they did this past week with you know Alex Collins had had a day for himself, Michael Crabtree we talked about had a day for himself, uh, and then that defense of course just torturing uh, Marcus Mariota. Oh, man, this is tough. I'm going to go for the upset pick here with the Ravens. I like Baltimore to win this. I, I don't know why. I think I think this, I think that I will probably be proven wrong here, and I think the Saints will, will probably hang like 40 on the Ravens' defense. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the home team. I uh, Before you even said that, I wrote down New Orleans for my pick just because that Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, yes. two-headed monster, is. I don't think it's been fully unleashed yet. And that Washington game, that was going to be won by New Orleans nine times, uh, nine out of ten times because of the record and ESPN and all this other shit. But I think New Orleans is for real. I think they beat Baltimore in a very, very good game, a game I can't wait to watch. I think in this matchup, the New Orleans Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens, the Saints take it six to six or seven times out of ten. Uh, I, I really think uh, with, with Ingram back in the lineup, you're looking at a different New Orleans team. I'm going with New Orleans. Next, we have the interesting, 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 the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. Ooh, this is uh, this is uh, in- interesting. Is this is this game for all of the marbles in the NFC East? Uh, these teams. Oh no, Dallas is three and three. The Redskins have had their bye already. That uh, they are three and two. Um, I'm going to pick Washington here at home. The Cowboys, I think you're going to see fewer games like the one you saw against Jacksonville on Sunday than you are more of those kind of games. I don't I don't think Dak Prescott has the weapons to make that sustainable. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I, I'm picking I'm picking the Redskins here. I, I think Washington is a good team. Nothing more, nothing less. I think they have a good, not great defense, but better than OK. I think they have a good, not great offense, but better than OK. I think Dallas struggles in certain areas and I think that Washington defense will shut down this uh, Dallas offense. Zeke might have a day but Dak will not be able to do too much because his receivers won't be able to get open. This Washington defense can cover. I'm going with Washington, Alex Smith, and the Redskins. 
Uh, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is where the Dallas Cowboys... The Dallas Cowboys have won the last 800 matchups against the Washington Redskins. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> they have it in for Gruden and this Washington team. Now... You make a great point about the wide receivers. They don't have they Anybody. don't have the passing attack Anybody. like they have in the past. I just think Ezekiel Elliott's that good. Yeah, I, he I, really I, is. I, he, he's the he's the second leading rusher in the NFL for a reason. And I think he came out this week against a Jacksonville defense that is arguably one of the best uh, in the league. Uh, and I think they're they're more than capable of taking down the Redskins. I, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Christian McCaffrey couldn't do anything against his Redskins team. I think Christian McCaffrey has his limitations. I think he was underutilized. I yeah. don't think I don't think I remember screaming at the television because I have Christian McCaffrey in one of my fantasy leagues in our 16 team league yeah. and it's very very important that your top running back show up and actually give you, you know, some help. Uh and he wasn't being utilized at all in that last like he's he's the perfect kind of person to throw things into chaos when you're leading a last quarter drive and and confuse guys on the field and they just they weren't using him and i think there's a one way to net uh to neutralize the redskins defense uh which uh, which uh, carolina did not and that was run up the gut just run up the gut and make and, and tire them out and and get those one on one matchups. I just really think the Cowboys could could do that and and they've been sneakily good on defense. They have the fourth ranked defense. Who knew? Next we have the late late game and that is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. It just uh, got flexed. Uh, another Kansas City night game. Two uh, Sunday night primetime matches They've earned it. for for the Chiefs. They certainly have. I'll start with this one. I'm picking Kansas City to win this game. Yeah. I, I I think the Bengals haven't quite come up against anything like they the Kansas City. They almost did it again. I know. The goddamn know. Bengals I almost I was screaming at the television. These Bengals are, are fake and they almost did it again. They are better than you think they are. They are a fake ass team and they almost luckily won another game. I'm picking Kansas City. Screw the Bengals. Oh, God, I really would love... You, you've been solo on a couple of these games. Feel free to go again, my friend. I... Go with go with your redheaded brethren. I mean, I'm, look, the the Chiefs are vulnerable after last week. I think even losing, even though you know losing to well, the Patriots, well, I I didn't already. I, I already <laughs> I already made my pick. Right. I'm just trying to make the argument on the other side. I can see the Bengals winning this game. I can't. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I just can't. I think Patrick Mahomes at home. I, he's he's just good. He's just too good and he's too hot. He looks so fucking good. He's the real deal. Like that two minute drill he ran at the end. So fucking good. Well, it was one play. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's how good he is. I yeah. think just, the Bengals are right where they want to be. Everyone thinks that they sure, actually do stink, absolutely. and no one believes in them. They have a great running back. They have wide seven receivers who are catching the ball, and Casey they have, takes it. They, have they have a quarterback who can play. I'm not saying they're going to win this game. I'm just saying they're better than people give them credit for. Fuck the Bengals. Yep. Last uh, game of the week, Monday, Giants at Falcons. Atlanta. God, that stinks for At that stinks Atlanta. For Matt Ryan had a monster game. He's going to absolutely go ham on this uh, uh, crappy Giants they defense. They better. I mean, you know, if you're a Giants fan, the one thing you take away from last week is that Saquon Barkley is the absolute positive, real deal thing. And yes, sure. you drafted a once in a lifetime player, and he's probably going to be with you hopefully for years and years to come and stay off the injured injured reserve. But you need a new quarterback, and you're not going to win any football games until someone other than Eli Manning is under center. I'm picking the Falcons. That's the thing. Like the Atlanta has a really, really crappy defense. Jameis Winston just lit up this defense, and I think There's anyone no passing can. Game. But, but there's yeah, no passing exactly. game, dude. I am at the point where. 
where I am every single week considering benching Odell Beckham Jr. in fantasy when I, in, the, in the league that I have him in because it's just such a gamble that that offense does anything at all. What kind of world are we living in where I'm legitimately, and I know I'm not the only person doing this, considering benching OBJ? If, if there was a game for the New York Giants to get their passing offense together, it's against this moribund Atlanta team. They're missing so many people. The problem is... I have no faith in Eli to be able no, to do it. Absolutely I think not. I think Saquon continues to be Saquon Barkley, but I'm picking Atlanta as well. Brian, uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta, but you got it. You can't knock too what what's happening on the New York uh, for the New York Giants and their other side of the ball. You know their defense is not as dominant as as it needs to be, and it's not giving anybody. Uh, it's not alleviating any other problems. Let's put it that way. But uh, that is it for our pick'em challenge this week. There you go, and that is it for the week seven Left Coasters podcast. Again, this is the Thursday show. My name is Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We have a lot of differences this week in pick'em. I can't wait to see how it all turns out, and the spotlight falls solely on Eli Manning and the New York Giants. Monday night. That's going to be a long Good luck, watch. Dude. Thank you for listening. As always, you can catch us on Facebook and Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast, on Gmail, the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to see how these LA teams fare. One of them in jolly old London, 6 a.m. Pacific time, coffee and football. As always, ram it. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.